Superman, does this episode of the Diabolical Podcast feature spoilers for Joss Whedon's Justice League? <laughs> no, Timmy. That movie spoiled itself. But this episode does feature spoilers for Zack Snyder's Justice League. Who's gonna say it? I'm not gonna say it. No. This is Diabolical, the comedy podcast where four long-suffering friends dissect films most dastardly schemes they compete to improve them. I'm your host, Gaz, and this week's movie is Zack Snyder's Justice League. So, Peril Pals, don't save your dad from dying in a hurricane. Remember your mother's name is also Martha. And for an attendance and the hundreds of trees get home. Let's get diabolical! Hello, and welcome to this week's pod, wherein I and my three friends comprise the panel of peril, and we will compete at the show's close to see who can improve the villainous plan of the week the best to earn points for the leaderboard in the show's competitive round. But first, if the panel could introduce yourselves and tell us who your favourite team is slash are, please. And we'll begin with reigning champion, the Cinemaster. Hello. The Cinemaster here, and my favourite team is going to be the ultimate team, really, in the history of cinema, which is the Fellowship of the Ring. Okay. Uh, <laughs> do they, Gandalf? So, suck it! <laughs> Gandalf! Fool of a tuck for not thinking Fellowship of the Ring is the best team. You have my bow. And my axe. Exactly. One does not simply walk into Mordor. <laughs> and other phrases from this popular film. And Craig, your favourite team. Hi everyone, Craig here. And my favourite team is what's got to be the best team in cinema history. It's the Fellowship of the Ring. Ah. <laughs> no, no, no. It's the <laughs> Ghostbusters. Ah, good team. Yeah, yeah, good team. The Ghostbusters. Busted makes them feel good, of course. Yeah, Busted <laughs> makes them feel so good. Busted <laughs> makes everyone feel good. I can only imagine. I can only dream. And especially in the scene where Ray is staying in a weird haunted hotel with a blowjob ghost. Mm, the best yeah. kind of ghost. Does he bust a nut? I think is it is isn't that a dream? That it's just a dream, that's, isn't it? I think that's how they edit it in the in the finished cut. But there's a deleted, the famous deleted scene, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. yeah where he does a bit of ectoplasm all over the ghost. <laughs> a little ectoplasm exchange <laughs> Hi, Ben here And my favourite team Is the best team in Small screen history It's the A-team oh, yeah. 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 Because they love it When a plan comes together And they've got mm-hmm. team in their name Which is yeah, yeah, kind of Half half the battle, really, isn't it? Yeah. Have you seen the eighteen movie? Yeah. yeah. I remember enjoying it. I think it was all right. Yeah. I don't remember enjoying it. I thought it was. I don't remember thinking it was all right. I think I thought it was a load of shit. <laughs> I'll have to watch it again. 
I remember it being very uneventful. Yeah, and I thought Liam Neeson was terribly miscast as Hannibal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got some strengths that he plays to, and being Hannibal certainly isn't one of them. Yeah, you want a Chris Pine type to play Hannibal, somebody who's going to be like having fun dressing up like an alligator. Someone with charisma, basically. I think yes. George Clooney would have made a fucking excellent Hannibal. Well, yeah. When Three Kings came out, everybody said, didn't they, that this is the blueprint for the A-Team movie. Yeah. yeah. Got Tony Hopkins, he's mm. got the Hannibal chops. Why not? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I suppose, yeah. He doesn't be typecast as Hannibal's all his whole life. Then he could play the, uh, the what was he, a Mongolian <laughs> warlord? Crossing the Alps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see Tony Hopkins wearing a full alligator costume and opening a little flap to reveal his little cigar chomping face. That'd be brilliant. <laughs> And as for my own favourite team, I did tell the rest of the panel of peril, it could be any team. Mm. And so my favourite team is the Euro 96 England football team. (laughs) (laughs) Cena, Stone, Gascoigne, (laughs) Sheringham, Shearer. Beautiful. They should have won that tournament. Crying shame. Cuthbert, Dibble and Grub. (laughs) (laughs) That's your favourite team? Yeah. Well, the the Wales Euros 2016 team. That's actually on my shortlist. I don't know any of them. Gareth Bale, that's about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you make me sick. <laughs> you make me sick and angry at the same time. <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League finally saw release on March 18th, 2021, after a tortured production history. Intended as a counterpoint to Marvel's wildly successful Avenger films, DC's Justice League features the most notable names in their superhero lineup teaming up to combat a world-ending threat. Originally set for release in 2017, Justice League was intended to be the first of a multi-film arc leading to an apocalyptic finale courtesy of mega-villain Darkseid. However, Snyder would leave the production, by his estimate 90% complete, following arguments with Warner Brothers about the tone of the script and subsequent hiring of the Avengers writer-director Joss Whedon to doctor the script. As Whedon's power and ego increased on set, along with producers Jeff Johns and John Berg, Snyder found himself gradually forced to the sidelines. Then finally, when Snyder and his producer wife Deborah's daughter Autumn took her own life, they stepped aside. The resulting theatrical film is wildly different, genuinely awful, and as a result, well worth watching if you did enjoy the Snyder Cut. It also flopped at the box office. Then came the fan movement. Although as a fandom they certainly have their unsavoury side, Hashtag release the Snyder Cut rose to prominence, positioning streaming services, taking out billboards and raising money for suicide prevention charities in Orton Snyder's memory. The final film is dedicated to her. Finally greenlit to coincide with the launch of Warner Brothers HBO Max streaming service, Zack Snyder's Justice League was to originally have taken the form of a miniseries, hence its six chapter headings throughout. Following additional extensive effects work, extra sequences being filmed, including the climactic flash forward to the nightmare future, Zack Snyder's Justice League debuted to a 72% fresh score on Rotten Tomatoes. And the caveat that this was the last word on Snyder's vision for the DCEU going forwards. But what did you three think of the final movie? Let's begin with Ben. Let's get the bad one out of the way. (laughs) 
Well, <laughs> this film is a massive creative achievement with a lot of striking moments and ideas, but it's just not for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is that it? Is that all you're going to say? Yeah. That's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I didn't hate it, but that's because these days I don't really have the energy to hate. <laughs> but there was a lot that turned me off about this film. There's way too much story packed in. Mm. And it's about 50 or 60% exposition. It's also about 40% slow-mo. Yeah. I think if they'd yeah. have played everything at normal speed, the film would have come in at about two hours. And anything without dialogue was considered for slow motion. <laughs> exactly. That's what it felt like watching it. I have a statistic on the slow motion. 10% of the film is slow motion. They timed it at 24 minutes, seven seconds. Wow. So it's literally... Yeah, I, I knew it had to be high. It was crazy. <laughs> and then I reckon if you cut the exposition, you get the whole thing down to about 63 minutes, which I think would have been a good watch. <laughs> anyway, I thought they kind of leaned very heavily into CGI, which, you know, I'm not a huge fan of. Hmm. I found it quite a struggle to engage with that. And then finally, I would say... If I ever hear that kind of faux Middle Eastern ah, music again, mm. it'll be far too soon. <laughs> Things I enjoyed, Ben Affleck as Batman was surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. And some of the comic relief moments with The Flash were fun. Although I think he would great if he had to carry a whole film, which is, I'm assuming, why the film didn't do so well. Yeah. But overall, I give it, and unless you love superheroes, you'd be bonkers to spend four hours of your life on this film. <laughs> out of five. You can't say fairer than that. Four hours out of five. <laughs> Let's go for the Cinemaster. Well, uh, first of all, I would say, yes, I agree in part with what Ben said about there's a lot of exposition packed into this movie and if you're holding it up against the avengers movies which you should uh the avengers movies are a lot slicker but i felt like the avengers was created for box office and this one was created by and for fans a lot more uh, and it's a lot darker and i like that i like that the the avengers is sort of like a light-hearted romp with loads of great sequences and and it's fantastic film and things but this is just a bit darker and i like that and it kind of sets dc apart from marvel and i, I hope it's something they carry on doing however yeah it does have quite a few big problems but one of the things they don't have a problem with is the amount of stars that are in this movie and my second note was it's just a bit star-studded isn't it and there's so many people and i was like Who's that? Who's that? All these faces turning up. Mm. Jesus Christ, they've got so much talent packed in here. And I just felt they could have put them to greater use if perhaps there was more exposition and, and, and background stories and stuff done outside of the movie first and then crammed it all in with these people. Yeah, I understand what you mean. Mm. There's loads of great performances and there's like Dark Side is a voice actor that i know called ray porter and i've listened to yeah. probably a, a dozen of his books and when he was first cast for this i remember him coming up on twitter saying he was doing it and i love that i love that it's a little he's a little voice actor that, I, that not many people know of but he's been in quite a few things there's loads of ace sequences yeah i i, I enjoyed it but when you've just given us your opening spiel on it, I didn't realise there were so many production issues with it. And then obviously mm. 
a horrible, horrible personal tragedy for Zack Snyder during it, which is would possibly explain why it's not the movie it deserves to be. I don't think it's still a great watch, and there's so many things I like about it, but I think it, it deserves more, especially because all the the talent is in there and these great characters. It's just a bit of a shame that it lacks a bit of coherence, really. Mm. Fine. That's fine. So let's go. Gaz has stabbed himself in the leg with a biro. (laughs) (laughs) I think probably the next person will be most closely aligned to my view of the film. So let's hear from Craig. Yeah, I had inevitably, I think, a very different experience with this film to what you two had. It was, for me, a really pleasant surprise. I've been a fan of Superman for as long as I can remember. I was getting comics bought for me by my old sister when I was like very young, where Superman had had a reboot called Man of Steel, telling the origin story. It was the first time I'd ever come across it. And then when the movie Man of Steel came out, I was really disappointed with the direction and tone of it. It didn't feel uh, hopeful. It didn't feel mature. And I just really didn't like the way that these movies were being set up. So when I then saw Batman versus Superman and it was more of the same, if not worse, I don't know if you've all seen it, but there's a there's a scene of uh, somebody drinking piss. Uh, <laughs> Holly Hunter, no less. Holly Hunter, yeah, the great Holly Hunter. Okay. I wasn't hopeful for Justice League, and when I saw it, I thought it was fucking awful, and I couldn't believe that Joss Whedon, who had made Avengers, which I I thought was pretty good had been able to make such a clunker and also it felt like a bit of a fuck you because I remember watching the opening of it and it's got this I tried placard that like a homeless guy is holding and I thought yeah that's your message to the audience there isn't it (laughs) so when when the release the Snyder Cut movement happened I had the same reaction as a lot of people I thought oh this is ridiculous and a lot of the people involved in it obviously are horrible people and remain so to this day some of the shit they come out with online is disgusting (laughs) but the film itself i thought was a revelation it was probably the best Zack snyder film i'd seen since what i believe was his first the dawn of the dead remake which i really loved and i thought it was a really kind of classic justice league story i love the ending of it i think it's great it is filled not to the brim, but quite far with a lot of his worst excesses, like we discussed, the slow-mo, kind of the 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 grim nature of the overall piece. But it also balances that out really well. It's got some scenes in it that I still think are, are fucking terrible. Hmm. I don't know if we'll have a, a special section for that, so I'll hold back on describing what exactly those are and why I don't like them for now. But overall, I just think this is so great. I love that it's got a lot of room to breathe. In the kind of superhero movie genre, it feels more akin to something like Lord of the Rings to me than it does to Avengers. I think it's... And I know that the way that Zack Snyder thinks about these characters is more like, you know, they're they're kind of gods among us. He doesn't really think of them as uh, colourful comic book characters. I mean, that's evident. Mm -hmm. So I think what we got, uh, I was really uh, appreciative of and I'm, I'm really glad that he got a chance to deliver on his vision whether i felt it was going in the right direction or not the way they took yeah. it from him i felt was uh it's disgusting yeah not on was that zaslav no i don't think it was i think it was down to jeff johns from what i understand and uh, uh, yeah 
Death Johnson jump big. Yeah. That studio's making some wild choices. Oh, yeah. Even more so now. Cancelling Batgirl, yeah. hiding it from the world. Oh, it's fucking ridiculous, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, for me, I think, well, it's certainly the best of the DC superhero movies, and I think it's probably superior in most ways to most of the Marvel output for all its faults. So, yeah, I I rate it. I also have a lot of bad stuff to say about it. <laughs> but <laughs> on the whole, it's a yes from me. <laughs> well... It's a yes from me too, much to my surprise, because like like Craig, prior to Zack Snyder's Justice League being released, I'd, I'd written off Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. But then I think something just clicked in my head where I thought about it a different way, the, the preceding two films where I just thought, if I think of these as not being canon Batman and Superman. They're Zack Snyder's mm-hmm. Batman and Superman. They yeah. can kill. They can act wildly out of character compared to the comics. And that sort of unlocked something for me. Yeah. I rented, because it came out during lockdown, didn't it? Yeah. I rented it the day it came out and I watched it all in one go, much to my surprise. I thought it'd take me a few goes to get through and I, I loved it. Yeah. It has crazy moments which are just ridiculous such as the first flash speed scene where you see a hot dog falling in slow motion and things like that. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Uh, You've got dreadful performances such as Gal Gadot, who I just think is uh, absolutely appallingly bad actress. Gal Gadot. Gadot. Yeah. She can't emote. She's just got confused face or angry face. That's her, her two expressions. Yeah, confused or mildly smiling. Yeah. She's got a good crease in her forehead for saying she's confused or angry. <laughs> but on on the plus side with the film, I think it's it's obviously it's visually incredible. Say what you like about the slow motion. It is ridiculous to have 10% of your film be slow motion, but they're always incredibly beautifully framed and shot. Mm. Sort of like mm-hmm. splash pages in a comic. Always incredibly striking. The mythic scale of it marks it out from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They they do feel like ancient gods with Earth as their plaything, particularly during a, a scene such as uh, Steppenwolf on Themyscira trying to get the mother box. Yeah. Mm. It contrasts so nicely with the Marvel films, ultimately, is what makes it work so well. Yeah. And I, I think the darkness is dialed back quite a bit from the previous film to Batman is Massively. very dark in Batman v yeah. Superman branding the people that he's catching so that they get killed in prison, basically. Right, yeah. But I think they um, they explain that very well. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's got a character arc, doesn't he, through the two yeah. films where meeting Superman and being a shit to him effectively is what drives him to become a better person, which I think yeah. is quite a nice idea. Yeah, yeah, it definitely works. It doesn't really earn that from the interaction they have in Batman versus Superman, but as an idea, it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, what changes Batman's thinking in Batman v Superman is literally finding out that both of their mothers are called Martha. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and then uh, Superman gets killed by Doomsday, and then he's like, oh, he was all right after all. I think it's, it's more <laughs> what strikes him is realising that Superman has a mother. I think that's what it is, right? Yeah, yeah. And that she's a, a, a human. <laughs> Wait a minute. You got a mother? Well, I think he thinks of him as this alien. Yeah. He doesn't think of him in human terms at all. And he just, he sees him as a threat 
to be stopped. Yeah, there's growth there, isn't there? It's funny to pretend that it's because the name's the same, but I think what actually strikes him is, oh shit, this guy, he's not just some faceless alien. He has a, a history here on Earth and he's mm. he's part of it. So I think that's the point. I think it's yeah. very clumsily done, but I think if mm. I'm being honest, I understand what their intent was. It's still quite heartwarming though, isn't it? When he's when they're there and they bought the the house back for his mum and everything and he and he just didn't buy the house back, he bought the bank and it's kind yeah, of nice it's a nice one. little <laughs> I like that bit. I did. I did. I thought that was quite mm. cute. <laughs> in that way, it did mirror Lord of the Rings and the fact that it had about fourteen million endings. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's yeah. a strange choice because that apocalypse ending where Superman has joined up with Darkseid because Lois is dead is clearly mm. to set up a sequel, which they knew by that point was never going to get made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it was an extra scene filmed for. For Zack Snyder HBO Max cut. Yeah. So quite an odd decision to tease a sequel that you, you know you're never going to see. Elements of it are a fuck you to the studio to show the fans, here's what you could have had and here's what they took from you. I thought when, you know, when it all falls apart and, and Darkseid says, prepare the Armada, I thought there was just going to be a last like 10 or 15 minute flurry because I was looking at the time. I was thinking, we've still got half an hour here. Yeah. I thought yeah. so too. Right. Martian Manhunter is a pointless addition as well. And yeah. his, uh, some people call me Martian Manhunter. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I was like, I've, that's my very last note. Martian Manhunter, question mark. <laughs> well, talking of the, the nightmare future sequence, I don't think I'll be surprising any of you is the main sequence that I thoroughly hate. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I hate Jared Leto's Joker for a start. Who doesn't? Just and him. him showing up in this, somehow having later removed his facial tattoos, <laughs> and for some reason wearing marigold washing up gloves. Yeah, <laughs> all of his dialogue yes! is so cringeworthy. <laughs> Hello, my little fish stick. Shut the fuck up. It just, it just the burden of Heath Ledger is too much on his shoulders. That's all he knew. He was it's just... not just Heath though, is it? I mean, you got Hamill. Oh, I, I guess you could say, yeah, he could say Jack and yeah. Yeah, but just all of the decisions they made around that character in the Suicide Squad movie, the first one, not the Suicide Squad, sorry, Suicide Squad, Mm. obviously were a burden that were passed on to Snyder. I don't know how much, if any, input he had on what that character would be like, but it's just baffling. It's uh, it's such an odd interpretation. Mm. Yeah. I thought this would be... A straight up movie for the fans and i knew you two would like it because you knew more of the history behind the characters and you got the comics and things yeah but then there's certain adaptations that people have been waiting for for a long time and then the fans go nuts and say hate it and it's like a huge huge hit like you know lord of rings and stuff but then with this you two have both gone oh this it thrilled me in ways i didn't expect and stuff like that yeah. which is absolutely fantastic i love hearing that from real, you know, hardcore fans. Yeah. Gal's articulated really well. What I'd say to fans of the comics who love the characters and don't gel with these versions of the characters is if you consider it purely as an Elseworld story, as in like a a what-if story, then you can enjoy it on that level. Mm. You don't have to Mm. go, this is not the character I know. Well, that's kind of the point. I don't think that launching a big franchise on the back of an idea like that was a good idea, but Mm. at Mm. least they tried something. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's it. Shall I just run through some of the changes that were made for the theatrical Ooh. cut briefly? 
So. Yes, please. Mm. Oh, oh, you can do that, Gaz, but only if we all acknowledge that Jeremy Arians, Jeremy Arians, Jeremy Arians, as Alfred was rubbish, and then we can move. <laughs> yeah, think? fair enough. Um, I like the bit where he's fussing over Wonder Woman making the making tea. Making tea, yeah, like, that's oh, great. Oh, <laughs> just, just let it mash, let it mash. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's not dying. But for the rest of it, he's too much like a Nick Fury type. He's got that stupid yeah. combat jumper that he wears with the leather patches on it and controlling the crawler, which, by the way, what a fucking stupid design for a vehicle. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm so aligned with that theory. Mad, isn't it? Yeah. What the fuck? Absolutely mad. Just, just do a new Batwing. He's not Crab Man, he's Batman. You know, yeah. <laughs> well, that was in the theatrical cut. Yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Some other things. There's not a frame that Joss Whedon shot in this Zack Snyder's Justice League. Mm. Additional things that were added for the theatrical cut are it, it begins with mobile phone shot footage of Superman pre-dying with his Henry Cavill's moustache that he grew for Mission Impossible Fallout CG'd out very badly, very badly. He looks <laughs> bizarre speaking. Yeah, he looks like his teeth are growing into his nose, basically. Yeah. I'll do the reshoots, <laughs> which will take me too long to grow back a moustache, so you're going to have to do it with the moustache. It wasn't him, it was the studio, Paramount. it was Paramount, and I think yeah. it was done out of pure spite. Yeah, <laughs> just It looks genuinely bizarre, it's weird. I reckon Tom Cruise was still pissed off about his dark universe failing, so he's like, do you know what? Do you know what would be really funny? Tell him that he has to keep his moustache. <laughs> <laughs> Other additions are Batman's first scene has him tracking a parademon across Gotham mm-hmm. rooftops and yeah. interrogating him, shot in an incredibly flat, boring style. Yeah. The final confrontation in what must be assumed is Chernobyl, Steppenwolf's base, mm. takes place under a red sky for some reason. They changed the sky to red. Baffling. And there is also a family living on the outskirts as comedic relief to have them in peril at the same time. Mm. Oh, God. Genuinely bizarre. <laughs> so Steppenwolf was redesigned for the theatrical cut for reasons unknown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess to make him look less scary or something stupid like that. But he just looks fucking terrible in it. But. Yeah. So this version is obviously a lot superior. Like I said earlier, his his armor especially is cool as mm, fuck. Yeah. But one thing about his design that I find really funny is how adorable his big puppy dog eyes are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He's fucking it, sad yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you do kind of feel you do feel sorry for him, don't you? Sometimes. Is it Kieran Hines? Does his voice? Yeah, yeah Kieran Hines. Yeah. Doing this incredible vocal performance, and then he's mm. got these big sad eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, it's yeah. millennia of being shit on all over by uh, was it named Dox Seed or whatever his name? Darkside. Darkside. Basically, blanking him. <laughs> With that out of the way. Let's have Ben's. We're going to go favourite slash worst scene. You do either or or both. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favourite, I think, well, Craig touched on it earlier, was the uh, the flask and the sausage. Yeah, amazing. Uh, but the, the the other one also involved the flash, and that was when they're all talking to Commissioner Gordon, and then they all disappear except the flash. <laughs> That's rude. Yeah. Well, that, that was very good. Yeah. Least favourite. Any of the slow-mo with vaguely Middle Eastern music. It's pretty bad. So you probably hate the Wonder Woman terrorist attack, right? It was way too long. Yeah. The scene with Martha and Lois. I think it's actually the Martian Manhunter as Martha. But yeah. it was so, so slow. That was, was like, a oh. real shit decision in, in my mm. eyes. 
It's mm. mad, wasn't it? It's just yeah. forcing him way too much. Yeah. It wasn't needed. Oh, one more bit. The queen slide out of the temple where the box is. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> She's great. Connie Nielsen. Connie Amazing. Nielsen. She's good, but the slide yeah. was f- foolish. She doesn't look anywhere near her. Like she's, f- I think she's now like 56 or 57 or something like that. She doesn't look in the 50s at all, does she? CG'd out. Maybe. Could we also all agree that the mother boxes is a ridiculous name for those boxes? No, because that's from the comics, so I can't. Also, <laughs> you know the, the rings that they teleport through? That's called a boom tube. <laughs> Oh, boom tube. That might feature in my plan, the boom tube. Oh, Ooh, boom tubes. Yeah, I'm not agreeing with you there either, Ben. So uh, fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> please fetch me the mother boxes. <laughs> and okay, let's go with Craig. Favorite and or worst scene. My favorite sequence actually survived into the theatrical cut, and it's the confrontation between the newly resurrected Superman and the League, specifically the bit where Flash believes he is running faster than everybody, and then Superman just gives him the stink eye. Yeah, that's <laughs> great, yeah. yeah. And he's just like, uh-oh. Yeah, so, yeah it's, it's that proper horrid bit, yeah, your stomach drops a little bit there, doesn't it, as well? In that moment, apart <laughs> yeah. from the fact that he's Superman, and he's the most formidable physical Superman we've ever had on screen by mm. quite a margin. I also always have a brief flash of him in Mission Impossible when he cocks his arms like oh, guns. God, that's so good. And I just think, <laughs> I, I, as the Flash, I think, oh, I don't want to fight Superman. <laughs> <laughs> I love that bit. I also really love the opening. The first time I saw it, I was really surprised. One of the bits I did like in Batman versus Superman is that they revisited one of the worst things about it for me, which was... Superman and Zod's battle destroying Metropolis. Mm. And they did it from Batman's perspective. And he was Bruce Wayne. It was shades of of 9-11, obviously. And he was saving people on the ground and getting them out of his office buildings. So I liked that he kept that up. And that the start of this film went back to the end of the previous film where Superman is, is slain by the kryptonite kind of javelin thing. And his scream not only wakes up the mother boxes and alerts aliens to the fact that the earth is ready for war mm. and it's vulnerable, mm. but also you get to see a lot of the characters re- reacting to it. Maybe they don't know what it is, but they feel like something terrible has happened. And I just thought that was really good. I like it mm. a lot. Oh, I disagree. I mean, it's a bizarre way to open a film with a death stream <laughs> traveling across the world, like an F1 car noise. <laughs> I, agree. I agree with you guys, yeah. I, I was very disoriented. Yeah, it was weird, that. They use an F1 car noise in loads of films, though, don't they? For, for various different Especially films. F1 films. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't get me started on F1 films using F1 noises. Jesus. And I've loads of it in Ferrari, <laughs> That'll be a special edition that you could record on your own, Turner. <laughs> How about your dislikes, then, Craig? Well, the nightmare sequence, as I said. <laughs> yes. I don't like Lex Luthor either. I don't like... Um, Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse uh, Eisenberg generally. Wank. But I've warmed to him recently. I saw him in a really good TV show on, I think it was on Disney Plus actually, called uh, Fleischman is in Trouble. And he was, he was really good in that. But I hate his interpretation of Lex Luthor mm. as a kind of manic Riddler type. I just don't like the fact that somebody with hair is playing a bald character. I think they should have cast somebody who was bald in the role. I think we need more representation, don't we, Turner? Exactly. You lovely, lovely Uh, bald man. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I return the compliment your way, sir. Gratefully accepted. And again, just the uh, Martian Manhunter bit that's needlessly tacked on. So those are my uh, 
stand out worth it. A little tidbit that I read was that originally Snyder wanted to get Ryan Reynolds in for those bits as mm. Hal Jordan. Oh, yeah. But the studio didn't want to do it, so they compromised on Martian Manhunter. Would have been pretty oh. weird. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I really love the actor, though, from Dollhouse. Harry Lennox. Yeah, he's great. Mm, yeah, he's in The Matrix. Uh, Reloaded yes. Revolutions as well. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Okay, let's hear the Cinemaster's favourite slash not favourite scenes. Well, my yuck scene is the bit where Wonder Woman's just saved the girls from the baddies <laughs> in the oh, bank. God, Can I be like you someday? Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, shocking. I almost stopped watching there and then and just like... (laughs) She goes, oh, you can be anything you want to be. And, you know, reading between the lines, she means, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Not me, though. I'm a goddess from a Greek island. Only if you eat all your rice pudding. (laughs) Yeah, and she... um... Smashes her bracelets together and explodes the entire building, yet somehow all of the uh, yeah. hostages survive. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor old Roose Bolton is dead. Yeah, it's crazy, yeah. isn't it? Blows out towards the bystanders, too. It, that bit reminded me of like, Team America, where they just like destroy Paris. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? The people are going to be more pissed off that that building's in ruins, that she just <laughs> saved a bunch of kids. <laughs> that bomb too it was supposed to destroy however many city blocks yeah and she throws it into the air so why doesn't it disperse and still destroy all the blocks it would it would have yeah. smashed loads of windows wouldn't it with the um the blast oh, yeah. glass who gives a fuck about glass <laughs> <laughs> i had loads of favorite bits but i like the green lantern thrown in there defending uh, planets at one point i thought that was a nifty little thing thrown in and then when steppenwolf tries to grab the ring and it goes or dark side yeah that was cool and and that Mm. swizzles away and shoots off to find its new owner Mm. good stuff as for myself uh, i'm going to go with the character that i think benefited most from Zack snyder's recut which is a sequence involving cyborg yeah whereby he is sort of learning his limits and his powers, learning how to fly, learning that he can manipulate anything across the internet. And the first thing that he chooses to do is to fill a single struggling parent's bank account with $100,000. Yeah. That's a really good moment. It's slightly cheesy, but it's also quite Mm. powerful at the same time. I've seen people saying that the representation of the financial market as a literal bull and bear is a bit on the nose. I quite like it. I think that yeah. is mm. kind of how he would think. You know, he's only mm. a teenage guy. Why wouldn't he see stuff like that? Mm-hmm. On that point, there are some really interesting, sometimes weird, sometimes great design flourishes in this. Mm. So I'll give you two examples, one that I really love and one that I think is ridiculous. One that I really love is I love the Apocalypse phone, you know, that slab that they talk yeah. to mm. Desaad and Darkseid on and the way that it animates. I think that's just, it's just a great, idea well realized as is um steppenwolf's armor which is a massive improvement on the theatrical mm. yeah yeah that's great the one that i think is really stupid and it's from it's a holdover from man of steel is uh superman's ship that looks like it's made of vaginas or, <laughs> or, or figs <laughs> which is worse i don't know <laughs> you decide let us know peril pals vaginas or figs <laughs> Which do you hate most? Mixed. Where do you stand it's on this thorny issue? Figgy pudding or fairy pudding? 
Yeah. <laughs> um, my worst sequence, I would have said that that bank sequence that the Cinemaster picked, but since he's picked that, I'm just going to something that I just don't like the design of, which is the lift which comes out of the lake in Wayne Manor. I find it an absolutely bizarre sequence. Yeah. Like, where, how is yeah. that lift raising and they're not instantly getting drowned by all the water? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where's that water going? It's a bit Thunderbirds, isn't it? It's matched. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense. Like, the Amazonians can lift that stone door in the temple, but they can't lift a horse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the horse is crushing me. <laughs> Was anyone else thinking when they saw Cyborg just remembering Sam Richardson in I Think You Should Leave as the like the apocalypse guy? I've got um, another nickname for um, Cyborg. Um, which is the human modem, which I think is a better name. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great if he made the old style modem noise when he was doing stuff. Yeah. I'd like that. Yeah. <laughs> Someone needs to stop Joe Morton. He's going around <laughs> cre- creating yeah. all these cyborgs. <laughs> <laughs> he was yeah. the one responsible for Terminator, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Miles Bennett Dyson. Yeah. Bloody hell. How much longer I can hold this? <laughs> Well, he needs to be stopped. So let's let's uh, hashtag stop Joe Morton creating any more deadly cyborgs. Yes, <laughs> I like that as a nice Easter egg. I thought, and plus great casting anyway. Yeah. One thing that I thought you'd love, being a fan of Entourage, mm-hmm. how Aquaman's introduction in this is very similar to the Aquaman James Cameron scene in Entourage, yeah. where the he's walking like down the the pier and the waves are splashing mm. on him. More or less the exact same scene. Well, the yeah. thing about that is that's his third introduction in quick yeah. succession. He has the scene with Batman where he gets introduced. Then yeah. he arrives on land in slow motion, rescuing the guy, and he's introduced. Then he has the cool slow motion thing. He's just like, fucking hell. And he litters in the sea. He throws a bottle in the sea. What the fuck? A merman should know yeah. better. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but he later saved a seagull by taking its head out of a net. <laughs> he's a good lad, really. Yeah, he's all right. Am I right in thinking that Aquaman's kind of kryptonite, if you like, his weakness, like the uh, the plastic rings on the six-pack? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he only drinks out of bottles. Yeah. <laughs> I think his kryptonite might be being dry. Ooh, eczema. Yeah. <laughs> In the Justice League series, there might be an episode where the baddies, probably the government, put him in some kind of cell to dry out. Hmm. Like under a hot lamp, like in the SpongeBob movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that character in SpongeBob's meant to be like Aquaman, right? The aging superhero. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Should we do favourite lines? Have we gone on too um, long? Let's do them and then can always cut them. I don't, yeah. I don't have any. No. It's not a lot of memorable dialogue, <laughs> is there? No. I've just realised that all of mine involve uh, Silas Stone. <laughs> I've got three written <laughs> down and they're all involved in... Nice. Hits with them. The worst of them I will share. Tell your family I said hello. <laughs> What's wrong with that? <laughs> he says it to a janitor. Well, it does... Have you ever said, oh, yeah. tell your yeah. family? I said, like, it's, like, it's like, you don't usually name them by name if you know the person. <laughs> yeah. Mm, I do yeah. if I've forgotten their names, but I still want to appear <laughs> friendly. <laughs> well, it sounds more like you don't know them if you say that. There's a little hint yeah, for you. It's like a proper arsehole way to say that, isn't it, really? Okay, Craig. 
you must have a line or two, surely. Yeah, they're both Batman ones. They're both stupid, but also I really like them. The first one is when Flash asks him what his superpower is, and he says, I'm rich. Yeah, yeah, it's good. And uh, the other one is when Cyborg says to him, I didn't think you were real, and he says, I'm real when it's useful. Mm. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, I've, I've gone the opposite end with my dialogue choice. It's a, it's a silly line that could only feature in this kind of film. Spoken by Volko, who is... Willem Dafoe's character mm-hmm. ah. to, to Aquaman, where he suddenly appears and he says, "The time has come. Take up your mother's trident." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got a a new section I'd like to add this week. Go. It's called Ben's original joke about this week's film. Oh God! <laughs> sound of this. I expect this is not going to be very popular. <laughs> Why did Steppenwolf fail? To get to the other side. He was just too horny. I thought you were going to say something like uh, smoke because <laughs> there was smoke on the water or something, which would have been endlessly more funny. Why did the Steppenwolf do a cover of smoke on the water? Yeah, because that wasn't that deep purple. I think I so. Yeah. What did Steppenwolf do? I can't remember. Oh, Cinemaster. You may be the master of cinema, but you know, fuck all about music. <laughs> uh, you're bloody born to be wild, you. Yeah. Uh, born to be wild, that's it. There you go. You could have said that, see? That's what you should have said. Oh, wow. Right, let me try. Well, I, I, could just put, I could just like edit it back in. Yeah. Why did Steppenwolf fail? He was born to be wild. Nah, it's not as good mm. as... Nah. It's just too horny. <laughs> In Zack Snyder's Justice League, big pointy alien man Steppenwolf arrives on Earth in an attempt to reunite three artifacts known as Mother Boxes in order to create unity, which will allow for an invasion of Earth by the planet of Apocalypse, led by new god Darkseid. Oh, also he discovers something called the Anti-Life Equation is also on Earth, which is the thing that Darkseid double super-duper wants. But what did everybody think of his plan? I mean, the central conceit that Darkseid forgot the Anti-Life Equation was on Earth is obviously mental. Yeah. But the way that Steppenwolf goes about it is, for the most part, very successful. Mm. I think his only real failing in his plan was taking his eye off the Justice League and underestimating their ability to bring back Superman. Mm. The other thing for me is, is it the best idea when you're building up this extra super duper bad baddie who's going to be the final boss of your films to have him get his arse handed to him straight away in a flashback <laughs> sequence. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that a good idea? <laughs> By a lot of people who just look like they're like catalogue models as well. <laughs> yeah, because they all definitely are. <laughs> but anyway, let's hear Ben's thoughts on Steppenwolf's plan. Yeah, I'd have to agree with Craig for, for once. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh it was it was pretty well thought out, I think. 
perhaps there's an argument to, to say he didn't use his powers as much as he could have. I mean, if you can teleport through a, boo- a boob tube, mm. you can do what the hell you want. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I think he was very close. And, you know, it was a dodgy time travel ending that was his undoing. And, I mean, you can't really foresee the, the reincarnation of Superman either. Mm. So I'll give him nine florets of intergalactic mm. broccoli. Mm. High scoring. Mm. And cinemastic. Yeah, like I said before, I've kind of felt sorry for him in a way. He's just trying to get back in somebody's good books, isn't he? So yeah. I just felt a bit sorry for him. And his big eyes. Yeah. And L- his low big, self-esteem. His big, <laughs> Dewey his eyes. big Paul McCartney puppy eyes, wasn't it, basically? <laughs> so, yeah, felt sorry for him. This is Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf has bitch tits. i'd go along pretty much with with what everybody else has said i think he's got a mission and he knows how to execute it but he's also good at being opportunistic as in the sequence just after they've resurrected superman and they're all trying to sort of fend him off he just nips in through a boom tube and steals the last one then doesn't he while Mm -hmm. they're all otherwise occupied bit of an oversight on the league's part but um, <laughs> <laughs> to just leave the mother box and it's ended completely after activating it. But yeah, I, I think I think he's a good lad. I'd like to buy him a, a jar of Marmite, share it with him. <laughs> <laughs> just before we move on to the competition style round, we should like to thank you very much for listening to our show so far. But do remember, if you like what you hear each week, please subscribe, leave us a written five-star review and follow us on Apple Podcasts if you're on there. It is the best platform to help us grow the podcast and you, Peril Pals, are a very important part of that process. If you aren't on Apple, rate us on your provider of choice and follow us on socials at DiabolicalPod. And now we come to the part of the show where the panel of peril compete for precious peril points on the perilous leaderboard. Each member gets one vote, which will equal one point on the board. But do remember, you cannot vote for yourselves, you saucy babies. Our task this week is to earn the favour of Lord Darkseid and end our exile. So, let's do this! And we're going to begin with the Cinemaster. Okay, okie dokie. The worst for first. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Second the best, third the hairy princess. <laughs> Steppenwolf is well and truly in the doghouse. We've all been there. You do your best to get things just the way your partner wants. And despite giving it your all, it's simply not good enough. Steppenwolf is beginning to think that nothing they ever do will be good enough. They go to see trans-dimensional psychologist Dr. Leo Marvin, who tells Steppenwolf <laughs> that he is not responsible for Darkseid's happiness. But that does not mean Steppenwolf should be oblivious to Darkseid's hurt. Dr. Marvin suggests that Steppenwolf tries communicating with Darkseid at first, letting him know how they feel. And also, Steppenwolf should let their actions reflect what they say, appreciate, and celebrate Darkseid. Now, approaching Darkseid, let's be honest, isn't going to be easy for someone who's exiled. Steppenwolf has to soften Darkseid up first if they stand a chance of keeping their head, let alone getting close enough to find out what's really going on. 
Steppenwolf heads to an old-fashioned bakery and picks up some fresh lemon buns and a crusty loaf. Yeah. Using their sweet portal ability to zap them across the universe, Steppenwolf uses liberal amounts of salted butter on doorstep-sized slices of toasted crusty bread and beans them in to land on Darkseid's bedside cabinet so that when Darkseid can wake up to a salty and sweet breakfast. And also a giant Sportster Egg muck of tea. You can't have huge interdimensional <laughs> power without it. <laughs> Steppenwolf also includes a little card of a kitten playing with a ball of wool in front with the words thinking of you written in some kind of ancient writing that only Darkseid <laughs> would understand. <laughs> Feeling pleased with their first effort, Steppenwolf puts phase two of their action into plan. Wait a minute. Strike that. Reverse it. Thank you. Darkseid always seems so grumpy and is constantly on the warpath, wanting to sweep aside and destroy everything in their path. Steppenwolf has seen the beauty across many, many worlds, worlds that now lie in ruins, so decides to show Darkseid the beauty of the world. So they does. And what better to explore some beautiful places and take in the history of a small part of Earth than by buying Darkseid an annual membership of the National Trust. <laughs> the National Trust <laughs> controls numerous ancient castles, mysterious forests, and charming countryside estates in the UK, all hidden in plain sight across the land. These properties serve as Earthlings havens for leisure and education, showcasing their history, culture, and connection to the environment. Instead of barren wastelands and burnt-out tree stumps, Darkseid would see the beauty of a planet's history and the dedicated servants whom attend these establishments. The National Trust's human agents, known as volunteers, work tirelessly to preserve these assets and provide sustenance for the Earth's curious explorers. Perhaps they can be used in Darkseid's all-conquering army? As Darkseid wanders through Barrington Court, Attingham Park and Bodnant Gardens, his henchfolk <laughs> notice a subtle difference in Darkseid's demeanour. As they pause to smell a flower and greet a friendly bee, Darkseid cracks a gentle smile, the first <clears throat> of their life. <laughs> While Darkseid appreciates the simple things in life, Steppenwolf is busy on part three of the plan. Working on a gigantic futuristic world, Slobador, that they conquered and rebuilt many centuries ago, Steppenwolf orders a huge military parade to celebrate the achievements of Darkseid. As we all know, despotic regimes and dictators' number one ego boost is a big parade with loads of ICBMs and tanks passing by, and loads of people waving little tiny flags. At least that's the Earth version. Now, imagine that on a galactic scale. Spacecraft of all descriptions and sizes, loads of those winged creatures flapping through the air, laser cannons the size of the Eiffel Tower, and guess who the guest of honour is? So they is. Darkseid walks out onto the huge balcony to witness the awe-inspiring scene, often dwelling on their own thoughts and endlessly plotting which planet, solar system, or galaxy will conquer next. Darkseid has never stopped to consider how amazing other people may consider them to be or appreciated just what they mean to themselves. So they do. Overwhelmed and humbled at the same time, Darkseid can't help but give a real wave of millions cheer them on. 
just like the evil ruler Queen Elizabeth used to do. She's dead <laughs> now, so she is. <laughs> just then, words spoken to a melody are blasted out of the tannoy or public address system. We belong together, and you know that I'm right. Darkseid angrily whips around to see Steppenwolf emerging from a misty tunnel like a Michael Jackson impersonator on Stars in Their Eyes. <laughs> their eyes meet, and Darkseid's frown breaks into a sad smile. Aww. And Darkseid's eyes become kind eyes, like that of a cow's. As Darkseid asks Steppenwolf, if all the lovely things that have happened were their doing, Steppenwolf admits that it was. So it was. <laughs> Steppenwolf takes their hand and tells Darkseid, I want you to know that I always strive to give you my absolute best. I pour my heart and soul into us, even if it might not always be enough. Don't deny me. Let me be by your side. My best is what truly matters. And your love is my greatest reward. Darkseid sees that Steppenwolf is devoted like no other. And that kind of devotion is hard to come by. I can't stay mad at you, so he says. As Darkseid begins to finger blast Steppenwolf's loyalty hole in the <laughs> ritual of acceptance, <laughs> his troubles begin to melt away. <laughs> <laughs> And that's that the end. A, that was a hell of a turn. <laughs> I thought you might like that. <laughs> I didn't think that there would be a plan longer than the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. Yes. It, I, yeah. I, I When I finished writing it, I thought, that's a big plan. So <laughs> that's why I thought I, I chuck in that loyalty hole um, finger blasting at the end to keep you all interested. <laughs> How's Steppenwolf paying for this National Trust membership? It's £10 a month, isn't it? Was it? What's he doing? Is he <laughs> is he setting up a debit or no? It's stealing it. Oh, oh. stealing it. Yeah. I don't think you're allowed yeah. to do that according to the rules. Oh, he, he's you know he's he's what stealing? <laughs> yeah, no. Wait, Gaz, you think you're not allowed to steal something? <laughs> not allowed to steal national trust membership. No, All right. <laughs> they they check you at the gate. It's pretty serious business. No, he's, he's paid for one of those lifetime memberships. I think you have to pay like about a thousand pounds. Right. So he's just like killed somebody, taking the money off him, and then just paid for it up front. Yeah, just killed somebody in the street, and a thousand pounds appeared on the floor spinning around like it does on GTA. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the main notes I've made. So I think yeah. the gist of your plan is basically you're buttering up Darkseid, if, if, if I followed it right. Like the toast? Mm. Yeah, but he's, by the what I saw in the film, he's just like, Grumpy is anything, and there's got to be a reason behind that. So that's what Steppenwolf's trying to get to. Um, mm -hmm. So there's two competing notes that I've mm -hmm. made. So one is, I'm not sure that I believe Darkseid would appreciate the beauty of the National Trust places. Well, I think he really likes the way Apocalypse looks. Yeah, he loves it. Mm -hmm. Fire and smoke and that. But to balance mm -hmm. that out, who doesn't like a big Sports Direct mug of tea? And exactly. Some lemon buns? Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and doorstep-sized... Buttered toast, and that's not an exaggeration, Peril Pals. Darkseid's a big fella. Yeah, yeah. He have to. It have to be a big, thick piece of toast for him to be yeah, remotely satisfied. Boogie so, board. Yeah, and I was thinking of the lemon buns from what bakery? Kadugan. Exactly. Thank you very much. I think I yeah, you better get some free stuff from Kadugan. The amount you've plugged yeah. them on here. Yeah. Did I not mm -hmm. edit that out in the last one? <laughs> I might have kept <laughs> it. I can't remember. <laughs> They're bloody good bakery. Oh, amazing. There you go.
Anyway, folks, go to Cadogan's. They serve fresh bread every day. Um, well, the start of your plan was very similar to mine, and I started oh, to panic until you went off on a off wild a tangent. tangent. Yeah, so, good. Thank, thank you for you. that. Finger blasting the loyalty <laughs> hole is where he lost you, I think, wasn't it? Well, that's where it came back around to mine. Oh. <laughs> and on that bombshell, let's hear Ben's plan. Steppenwolf stood before Darkseid, his head bowed in shame. By teleporting away the moment Superman reappeared, he knew he had failed his master and that he would be punished severely. But he also had a cunning plan. My lord, <laughs> Steppenwolf said, I have brought you these biscuits as a token of apology. <laughs> I know I have failed you, but I hope that you will accept this humblest, most crumbliest of gifts. <laughs> Darkseid eyed the biscuits, then Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf smiled coyly as he handed the biscuits to his master. Darkseid took a bite of one of the shortbreads and his eyes widened in pleasure. These are delicious, he said. Where did you get them? I baked them myself, Steppenwolf said proudly. It's an earthen recipe. Very well done, said Darkseid, <laughs> his gaze now fixed on the tin of assorted treats. So all is forgiven? Steppenwolf dared a glance at his master. I will need some time alone with the biscuits before your fate is decided. <laughs> with that, Darkseid stomped off to his favourite gazebo, the one overlooking the pit of eternal suffering, just next to the pole of extreme eye gouging. <laughs> Steppenwolf breathed a heavy sigh of relief. He had been worried that Darkseid would punish him severely. Now it seemed that he was almost forgiven. He just needed one more gesture to seal the deal. Steppenwolf reached into his pocket and pulled out a small bag of spiky, prickly, oaty cookie crumbs that he had crushed up earlier. He crept into Darkseid's bedroom and sprinkled them all over the bed, chuckling his bovine chuckle. <laughs> Later that night, Darkseid retired to bed, his tum-tum filled with buttery biscuits and knackered from a long day ruling apocalypse. He was asleep before his massive head hit the deluxe memory foam pillow. But when he awoke the next morning, he was not happy. Steppenwolf! He roared. What is the meaning of this? Steppenwolf rushed into the room. My lord, he said. Is something the matter? Crumbs everywhere! Darkseid started swatting at the bedsheets in an attempt to clean up the spiky, prickly grains. But it was no use. They were legion and seemingly impervious to the thumping of Darkseid's gargantuan hands. You must have accidentally dropped a biscuit in your bed and rolled on it in the night. It's the only possible explanation. It feels icky, <laughs> roared Darkseid, the veins at his temples pulsing. This was the moment Steppenwolf had been waiting for. I, I have something that might help. He dashed through the door and returned moments later holding a cordless, handheld vacuum cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to me, my lord, said Steppenwolf as he fired up the dustbuster. In mere moments, the apocalyptian equivalent of Egyptian cotton sheets were as clean as Aquaman's wife fronts. <laughs> what is this sorcery? demanded Darkseid. <laughs> Black and Decker, said Steppenwolf. Ninety dollars from Amazon. Amazon? Steppenwolf spent the rest of the morning showing Darkseid the exotic delights of Earth's favourite shopping platform. <laughs> Darkseid not only marvelled at the sheer enormity of the selection of goods on offer, 
He also reveled in the blatant disregard Amazon overlord Jeff Bezos showed for the health, <laughs> safety, and well-being of his enslaved workers. After Darkseid finished clapping and forcing Steppenwolf to join him in a two-person crowd wave, he forgave <laughs> his underling and welcomed him back into his ever-loving arms. <laughs> Finally, please direct any questions to BBC Points of View, 40 Pacific Key, <laughs> Glasgow, G51, 1DA. Thank you. <laughs> the biggest problem I've got with that is why would they use a Black & Decker cordless vacuum when there's Dyson and Shark and all that kind of shit? Well, you've been fooled by the propaganda there, no, Sir Master. No, I've Black & Decker fooled. is the original dust buster, mate. Yeah, but it's inferior in sucking power. I think there would still be crumbs in that bed after... Well, that's just like your opinion. <laughs> Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there'd still be crumbs in that bed after that black and decker nah, black over. and decker you know you know you're getting a good bloody a good suck from a black and decker if i want to have a workbench to cut a piece of wood on or if i want a cordless drill which i do own a black and decker cordless drill i'll buy a black and decker if i want to hoover the fuck out of a bed i'll buy dyson or shark thank you very much and that is the end of that uh, do you think you're getting a dyson or a shark for 90 dollars uh oh yeah amazon yeah, do the exactly. warehouse deals your ur says everything there your ur says it all <laughs> i'll tell you this We've got a cordless Dyson handheld and we've got an upright shark. Yeah. And the cordless Dyson handheld is a piece of shit. The shark is great. I've got a handheld Dyson and it's fabulous. Even though I hate Jeremy Dyson and his manufacturing <laughs> uh, twat, but you can't deny his. Jeremy his Dyson power. from League of Gentlemen, you hate him. <laughs> James Dyson. James Dyson. Sir, <laughs> Sir Jim of the Dyson. I got a question for you, Ben. Uh, direct it to BBC Points of View, please. <laughs> You know the really comfy plump cushion on Darkseid's throne with the lovely sheets? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Darkseid's throne is just a stone slab. It's like the beds in Greece mm. when you stay in a cheap, shitty place. It's just made of stone. No mattress. Darkseid's bed. You wouldn't notice if there were crumbs in it, I reckon. It's made of just like granite with like pebbles in it. But again, that's your opinion, isn't it? You've got no <laughs> proof. Either way. I'm basing it on his throne. You know, if he if yeah. he enjoyed comfort, he would have a comfortable throne. All right. Well, listen, is your sofa a double bed? No. Exactly. <laughs> different different furniture for different purposes. But it could have well have been, right? You didn't know it wasn't the sofa bed. You were gambling, weren't you? I was worried for him. I rolled the dice. <laughs> Playing with your life there, son. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already on zero power points. Well, how will yeah, get? that's it. Yeah. <laughs> No questions from me. Oh, pretty flawless. Oh, well, I, I, I know oh, you like a, you. You appreciate the power of a biscuit. Yeah, especially <laughs> shortbread. I was wondering why you weren't saying what kind of biscuit it was for a while. But more, you know, a lemon bun, definitely. Ooh, yeah, yeah, be honest. I, I think I think you've worn up me with the lemon bun. To be fair. Yeah. 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 Okay, let's have Drake's plan. The bell has been rung. The countdown has begun. The squeals of the melamine can be heard as the felt tip of the marker pen describes the lines and arcs that make up the Hindu-Arabic numerals of the intricate formulae as they are frantically daubed on the whiteboard. Carol Vorderman has 30 seconds <laughs> to solve the anti-life equation. <laughs> Sadly, inevitably, she fails, and Steppenwolf, frustrated again, carves her in two with his axe. He kicks Rachel Riley's head across the studio, breaking his toe. If Earth's greatest mathematicians cannot solve anti-life, who could? 
But what is anti-life? It is control. Dominion over the minds of sentient beings. That is what Darkseid craves above all things. At last, Steppenwolf comprehends. He will not find anti-life in the countdown studio. He will instead need to look further afield. The studio next door, where Darren Brown is taping his latest special. <laughs> Long story short, Darren Brown explains that hypnosis isn't really mind control per se, and Steppenwolf cracks his head like a soft-boiled egg. The Earth is too well defended to bring Darkseid to it. One last hope remains. Steppenwolf returns to Apocalypse the long way round, with a steam deck in tow. Luckily, the five months it takes for him to hitch there is more than enough time for the game to load. Darkseid, however, is unimpressed. You bring me trinkets? Before his Omega Beam can finish heating up, a glimmer of delight flashes in his eyes. Steppenwolf shows his master how to play The Sims 4. <laughs> Look, this one wishes to clean himself, but I forbid it. This one is starving. And see how I let this one get into the swimming pool, then take away the ladder. Soon, Darkseid is addicted to God Sims. Populous, black and white, even Doshin the Giant on an emulator. His every desire sated, Darkseid forgives Steppenwolf and allows him to reclaim his place at Darkseid's side, side, side. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, there's a theme between these three plans so far, isn't it? It's just about earthly pleasures, essentially. More like godly pleasures in this case. He yeah. wants to be a god with dominion over people. Yeah. So give him, you know, the Sims where he can fuck about as, I think... as a god. <laughs> If you'd have given him the, the original Sim City from the Amiga, where yeah. you could get Godzilla coming out of the water to destroy a city, I think that would that would excite him more. Mm. That's implied in him becoming addicted to God Sims. Eventually, he'll get to ah, okay. that. Okay. Bit of a swipe at the Steam Box there. Eh? The Steam Deck. Yeah, you got something, got something against it. No. What's the Steam Deck? It's a handheld PC, yeah, basically. PC. Oh, okay. yeah. It's not about the Steam Deck. It's about the Sims 4. It takes fucking ages to load. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, you got to sit there listening to this music for, for, for like Steam Deck I'd... available at all your good retailers. Uh, Send me one Steam, I will be. Yeah, yeah we'll test one out for you, yes, please. I nearly bought one last year, but I thought better of it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> That's I've never heard of one before, so uh... me neither. <laughs> Wait, what was your plan again? <laughs> God sin computer game addiction. All right. Yeah. To say his desire to be a, a god over sentient beings by giving him a simulation of being the same. How big is a Steambox? It's a handheld. A bit bigger than a Switch. How big are uh, Darkseid's hands? Pretty big, but it's bigger than a Switch. And you can get an XL size, like a big chunky boy. And a lot of reviewers have said it's like too big. Okay. Too big. Well, if that's available, then I'll, I'll accept it. Oh, yeah. No, there's a there's a big Steam Deck. Yeah. There's a big boy okay. Steam Deck. All right. A big steamer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of Wi-Fi in these last two plans. Have they got particularly good Wi-Fi to connect to Earth from Apocalypse? If they didn't, imagine the reception you'd get on the slab phone when you're talking to yeah. Desaad. <laughs> you'd just freeze for ages and you'd go, Desaad, Desaad. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's, I think he's, I know he's that. Oh. <laughs> oh no, that's the face he always makes. And next time Desaad comes on, he's like, 
I, I'm not a kitten. I don't know how to turn this off. <laughs> <laughs> I was imagining that they'd have like, you know, like when they've got the Justice League looking at Darkseid through that kind of portal. Mm. I imagine they'd just do that. So at first there'd be an apocalypse, like shaking their phone and hold it up to the sky to get a better reception. <laughs> and then when that didn't work, they'd just open a portal and just pop their hand through. Yeah. Why don't they still quite like, like, be easy? And like Dixons or something. <laughs> do you think Darkseid would have the patience to play a Sims game? It becomes an addiction, doesn't it? More than anything. Once he's got an idea of the kind of cruel control he has over these people and how there's a you know, there's a lot of God Sims to go through as well. He loves Doshin the Giant. He fucking loves it. He thinks it's so what, funny. What does he think of the Settlers? He's all, He doesn't mind Settlers, but he thinks there's too much diversity in it. So. <laughs> does he go as far as the Lemmings? Does he play? Does he ever play yeah. Command and Conquer? Yeah, he plays. He even plays yeah. like Tetris and stuff. Right. But if anyone catches him, he's like, "How do I get back onto black and white?" Yeah. <laughs> I was in a meeting and I pushed the wrong button. <laughs> Well, that's because his hands are so big. Yeah. <laughs> there are going to be a lot of button mistakes. <laughs> okay. Finish us off collectively. Uh oh, here comes Steppenwolf. Uh oh. <laughs> he's big, he's sharp. Woo! But what's that he's picking up? It is a stick, but not just any old stick, a stick roughly two feet in length. And at the end of that stick sits a particularly pungent poo-poo. <laughs> it's back. It's back. Well, I thought, I thought I'd indulge everybody's favourite kind of plan. Including <laughs> <laughs> <Please> my own. <laughs> a shitty stick of the highest order. This stick is located in a forest. But then Steppenwolf, look at him. Now he's in the desert picking up another stick also around two feet in length, and also has a generous smear of camel dirt on the end. <laughs> Up through the moon tube he goes. Wow! Now he's in the rainforest getting a yet another stick with a monkey turd on the end, and so on and so forth through many of Earth's biomes, collecting sticks as he goes. Now he's in a cheap tourist souvenir shop, and he purchases an I Heart NY baseball-style cap being careful to count out the exact change and get a receipt for space tax purposes. <laughs> oh, but now he's in a corner shop making another purchase. The first transaction is for a Kinder Egg, some Haribo Star Mix and a bottle of Urn Brew. He doesn't need a receipt for that one as it's not a business expense. What he does need a receipt for is the tube of extra strong superglue that he pays for in the exact right physical coinage. <laughs> You're obviously way ahead of where this is going, and yes, Steppenwolf <laughs> has now glued all of the shitty sticks to the I Heart NY baseball cap with the shitty ends pointing outwards. He wears his contraption <laughs> proudly in the manner of a cockerel. Now he is striding around the planet doing as he pleases, and there's not a damn thing that Batman, Cyborg, or Wonder Woman can do about it. What are they going to do? Risk smelling, or God forbid, touching <laughs> some of the shit on the end of the sticks? No, no, and thrice no. Steppenwolf now has an impenetrable two-foot circumference around himself that prevents any physical attacks. Needless to say, Darkseid would obviously be impressed by this method of keeping any potential obstacles at arm's length, never deigning to make contact with lower beings. 
Steppenwolf can locate the anti-life equation himself, unencumbered by any need for scrapping. He can then <laughs> hand it off to Darkseid or utilise it to simply end his exile with a mere thought. Wow. I shall now accept your praise. Okay. Could, um, <laughs> could, 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 could Superman just laser the um, shitty sticks off his head with his eyes? Ah, uh, you've nailed it, Cinemaster. Or better yet, he uses his frost breath to freeze the shit, because you know what it's like when you freeze the shit. Uh. And then you, <laughs> you get a frozen dog turd and snap it in half, and then laser it. The good thing about a frozen turd is you cannot smell it. And I've got experience yeah. in that. That <laughs> may well be true of dog and cat turds, but I would contend that camel turds and monkey turds are an entirely different matter. I think they're already not smelly. Well, Gaz, I would ask you, I mean, camels famously roam in the desert. Has a camel turd ever been frozen? <sighs> they must have sent a camel turd into space and frozen it for science. Surely. <laughs> <laughs> Surely. They must have sent a camel turd into space and frozen it. <laughs> if they haven't, what are these science people doing with all these grunts they're getting? <laughs> I hypothesize. <laughs> They've done all the other experiments, so they probably are slow day in the office. Let's send a camel turd into space and see if it freezes. Yeah, look, we've got nothing better to do. <laughs> yeah, I'll, buy, I'll, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. So let, let me just let me just uh, run through it again. So he's got lots of lots of. <laughs> Shitty sticks with various yeah. turds. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. They're all within about two feet of his own nose. Yeah. <laughs> okay? Yeah. He's got a very small nose, though, hasn't he? Stephen yes. Wolf. How's he getting on, though? Mm-hmm. How's he getting on with that? He's fine. He's got a very small nose. He's got big, watery <laughs> eyes. <laughs> uh, yes, he has got big, watery eyes. Um but the, the watering of his eyes is incidental. That's due to him constantly just being on the verge of tears about his exile. <laughs> but, I mean, the worst thing about a bad smell, for me personally, is when you can actually taste it. Uh, what about when Elijah Wood in the ice storm explains to his classmates that when you're smelling shit, what you're actually smelling is little particles of shit that have gone yeah. up your nose. Yeah. So yeah. think about that the next time you smell a shit. Yeah. Is that from it's... Lord of the Rings? No, it's from that ice storm. <laughs> from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> well, I would say you see several characters eating and or drinking in this film. Shit. Steppenwolf oh, okay. is not one of them. So no. I, I think he hasn't got any taste buds as a result. Mm-hmm. Fair. Mm-hmm. It's a fair point. Mm-hmm. Following a, a solid line of logic there. Yeah. And what were the Kinder Eggs for? Personal use. Yeah. They were not a business expense. I do remember that. He's not going to eat them, obviously, because as I've just said, he doesn't eat. He's just going to have a bit of fun with them. Going to pop them up his loyalty hole. Yeah, that's it. Save for later. Do a trick where he shows Darkseid how he can lay them. Watch this. Just like one of those uh, ping pong shows in Thailand. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. In the Haribo, he can display on the end of his. Armor spikes like jewellery. What kind of mix was it? Star mix. Star mix. Star okay. mix. Okay. Have they got the eggs in? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Eggs, uh, rings, colour balls. He could blow Darkseid's mind with those little eggs. Mm. What's the other bag of Haro called? It's got those little milk bottles in it that are just totally out of place. Horrible. Oh, oh yeah. They're, they're gross. Disgusting. Yeah. Shit mix, that's called. Shit mix. <laughs> <laughs> 
Should we just all agree that cola bottles are the best and move on? Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you there. (laughs) Those plans were stark, raving, diabolical, weren't they? We had the Cinemasters National Trust Thick Crust Fuss. (laughs) (laughs) I want to vote for that now just because of the title. (laughs) We had Ben's Bed Breadcrumb Trickery. We had Craig's Steam Deck Sims 4 Plan for All. And we had My Shitty Stick. (laughs) <laughs> but there can only be one or two or three or four people who get points on the board <laughs> we could all cast our votes i like that we've brought that back <laughs> yeah okay let's hear who the cinemaster voted for please well i have voted for ping ping pong pong craig Woo. Oh. then let's hear who craig voted for i have voted for ping 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 pong Cinemasters National Trust Thick Crust Fuss. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. A bit of mutual back scratching there, is it? Beautiful. <laughs> ah. Ben, who did you vote for? Well, no one wants to go near a shitty stick, do they? So I voted for <laughs> Gaz. Nice. Ah. And well, we've also got mutual back scratching on this end because I oh voted my God. for Ben. Wow. Yes! Finally, points. That's quite incredible. I think we should have some sort of. Um, Firework display noise on that. All right, I'll do it. Yeah. Incredible. I never thought we'd ever get to that point. Circle jerk of point scoring. I'm so glad to finally be off the mark. Yeah. yeah. Off the shitty stick skid mark. (laughs) Four episodes in, and I've got my first point. Why? Well, you know, it's bound to happen. It's the name of the diabolical game, isn't it? It's all to play for. Yeah, it's the law of averages. And you haven't whipped out a song yet. Well, yeah. I'm going to have a, a little spring in my step this weekend. Or oh, I tell you what, I nearly did a rap for this one, but I just couldn't. Could you? I couldn't quite get it. I'll, but I'll read you a couple of lines that I, I kind of that I did get down. Mm-hmm. Dark side girl, I got some words you need to hear. <laughs> my smoking hot nephew, you gotta know. I did mean to betray you those millennia ago. Just a horny mother with a camel toe. I'll give you sacrifice, fifty thousand worlds. I give you anything. Just please forgive me, girl. That's as far as I went. That would have done it for you me. Might, that would have been have enough. Some, yeah. <laughs> Didn't mean to hurt you. That was not my plan. I'll do anything. Except kill Superman. <laughs> okay. So the points for the season so far stand at. In the lead with seven points, we have Craig. Wow. Seven. In second place with five points is myself. In third Mm. place with three points is the Cinemaster. And off the mark with a point in final place is Ben. We're all off the mark after the first round. As it should be. Everybody's happy. Yeah. (laughs) Probably apart from Ben. Yeah. um... And that will do us for another dose of Monday Mayhem, but we shall return for another set of scintillating schemes next Monday. The Cinemaster will be sitting in the hot seat with his choice of film, which will be... Next week, we shall be going on a journey. 20,000 leagues under the sea. But no, 
Me- well, we don't know. We don't know if they went that far. No, but they did go in a yellow submarine. <laughs> oh. Ah. The lads. Yeah, the, the lads. The mop tops. Yes, they did. <laughs> Just before we leave you, I have a podcast recommendation for our listeners right now of Cancelled Movie Report, presented by Evening Cambo. They take famous and not-so-famous Hollywood scripts that were close to production, dramatise them with sound-alikes of rumoured or actually cast stars, and then discuss. Some of the films that they have covered include George Miller's Justice League, Paul Verhoeven's Arnold Schwarzenegger starring Crusade, and Guillermo del Toro's Tom Cruise starring At the Mountains of Madness. It really is tremendously made, and I encourage you to give it a whirl. Join us next week as we discuss Yellow Submarine. Can you? Would you? Are you? You are? Wonderful! Until then, remember, everything will be alright in the end, and if it isn't alright, then it isn't the end. You know what's funny about you picking Beatles is that this is episode 64 mm-hmm. and someone mentioned BBC Points of View, which used to have the theme tune when I'm 64. So I think we should when sing. When I get old and lose losing my balls many, many years from now will you still be sending your Valentine birthday greetings bottle of wine if I've been out till quarter to three, will you, will you lock, lock the door? Will you still need me? Will you still feed me? On episode 64. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs>